Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Live from the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for The V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Bobby V. Ladies and gentlemen, today, excuse me, let's try that take two. Today, ladies and gentlemen, is a sports radio host's wet dream. How so? Oh, my God. Oh, just because the Super Bowl... Waste Management Golf Tournament, worth talking about. Oh, crap. I didn't put that in the Jeff list. Walls and the U of L Women, which is that you, you can do a show on any of these, basically, probably. Um, what else? There was one other thing in there. Oh, U of L Men's Basketball. How can I forget that? I mean, the four of them. And UK lost. Oh, that's true. Not to hate on them, but UK, yeah. No, absolutely. Now they're looking at coaches. Kyle Tucker doing a little. Now they got the, the vultures circling there. Kyle Tucker letting it rip, unbelievable. I didn't didn't see that coming. Did you see him on? I, I did not on X. Whoa, yeah. baby! Let me see if I can find some of those. Great, he's got great hair. Well, whatever. He's got some. I guess he's bought into. I'll, I'll, you want hot takes? I got your hot takes. Here's your hot takes right here. Here's your hot takes right here. You think he says it that way? Yeah, he's, it definitely sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Probably grabs himself while he. I don't think says. so. No, I don't think so either. Here you go. Um. I asked you if I asked you about a thousand dollars on who our next coach would be. Who would you say they're they're doing that in Kentucky? They were talking about who the next coach would be. Kyle Tucker says Scott Drew. Okay, all right. I would make Danny Hurley. Now he's got, he's put down for what it's worth. I would make Danny Hurley say no five times before calling number two on the list. <laughs> wow. You don't want an arrogant coach? Have I got some shocking news for you? I want self over Cal. I hate self with fake hair, arrogance, and every 50 false seems to go. He's a good guy, though, self. Sorry. Not that Cal's not a good guy. Where's the one I'm looking for? Here we go. Bill Bill Self has had basically five good players all season and didn't have his best one Saturday and beat Baylor. John Calipari is 10 deep, and every time he's missing one player, that guy was the key to a loss. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's just ring, ring, ring. He's just trying to drill and hit that nerve. But of all the things to talk about, we certainly don't want to start with that. I mean, while, while it's, you know, interesting and there's meat on the bone, they've lost three games in a row at home since when? How long ago was it? What year was it? Do you know? It's, uh, it's a long time ago. I thought you would know that. I did not know that one. Sorry. Mm. I do know that it's back-to-back years they've lost four games at home. And that's why everyone's really pissed yeah. off. Sad. Okay, so here's the deal, though. Which Where do you want to go first? Let's start with a, a kind of benign one. I don't think this will get as much um, um, emotional juice as almost any of the other stories. So we'll, it's kind of like easing. So it's getting into the shallow end of the pool, and then we'll make our way over. Do you want the menage? Oh, you want to start with that? Just blow it right up right at the beginning? I mean, we can. It's, sure. It's your call. It's, All right. it's whatever. Fine. It's whatever you want to Fine. do. Fine. It is a... Fine. <laughs> It's a very hearty menage. All right. Well, then uh, you tee it up, and then we'll come back and do what we're going to do. So here we go. All right. Here we go. The Menage Montage brought to you by Spring Street Bar and Grill. Mondays, trivia, starting at 7 p.m., cash prizes to the top three teams. So I will be in Boston. You will be in Boston. Safe travels. Ooh, so dramatic. Is that NFL Films? It is. Sam Spence can't beat it. I can't. The Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I haven't had time to think about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, I get asked that, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mad at Belichick and Pete because now I get asked all those questions. All right. I didn't say a whole lot. Just keep going. Uh, halftime, it was right there. It feels, when you're in the Super Bowl, you're down by seven points. It feels like 20. And so uh, you, you got to just kind of calm it down, and we're, we're right there. We're getting the ball to start the second half, and uh, everybody just hang with each other, and, and good things can happen. I'm going to try to stop getting down 10 points in these games um, and make them a little bit easier, but uh, I was proud of how the guys fought. Yeah, I think we just kept fighting. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't like we caught a lot of different plays. Um, we stayed within our offense, kind of like we did all year long, and guys just continue to battle, and um, that was kind of our, our whole season. Man, I was fired up, man. I was fired up, and we weren't hitting on it, on all cylinders, and um, I, I had to give Big Red a love tap there and, and let him <laughs> that know that we were was. all here fighting for him no matter what. I blacked out for a second, and, and I seen Pat run to me. I'm like, okay, it's time to celebrate now. So, yeah, I definitely blacked out for sure. I, I just feel like on third down, we have to execute better. Um, you know, for our defense to give us that many stops like they did, um, and then for us to go three and out and not do anything with those opportunities, that's that's what hurts me. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, none of us had a ton of experience over it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just had to be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, the both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. It looked pretty good at the beginning, got them to a third and one, a fourth and one. Um, I mean, we had a number of guys go down. Um, but, I mean, that's that's what those guys do. They're real good at it. I couldn't thank the uh, the, the fans uh, for both the Niner gang and Chiefs Kingdom for showing up, and every every NFL fan out there, man. You guys made this so special for me, and um, I'm yes, about to go party my tail off. Mike gives out the court. Quick three or three. He buried it for that court. James at the high left, back out front to Johnson again. Tyler runs to the rim, layout, no go! 
64, 62 cards. Met with a family this morning of one of the players, and they said, like, there's so much negativity. How do you deal with it? How does I get my son to deal with all this negativity from the media, from social media, from everywhere we turn, there's all this negativity about this program. And I just tell them, you have to be like me. We come to work every day, and I focus on one thing. How do I get this team better? We win, the negativity will go away. We don't, it's going to stay there. <laughs> it's just what it is. If you want me to walk around quiet like him, I'm never going to do that. Quiet guys don't win. Um, so, yeah, I thought I was pretty great tonight. So, yeah, he can keep riding the same horse that he came rode in on. He can ride his out here on the same horse. It ain't working. We're inside of two minutes. KU will keep it after all. Furphy to play it in. Looking, looking. Finds KJ. Down to seven. KJ looking to create off the bounce. Kicks to Harris. Pulls up from 14. Rattled it home. What a bucket for DeJuan Harris. Ten seconds left in overtime. Into the Washington zone with a shot that was tipped wide to the net. McMichael takes it back to the corner. Turned it over in the slot. Miller shoots. He scores. JT Miller wins it for the Canucks with four left in overtime and Vancouver takes a hard-fought affair in D.C. 3-2. Defended by Piero. He drives, leans in, throws it in. Watson back-to-back big-time buckets. 86-82. I just, I, I, I want to tell our fans that how much I appreciate what they're doing for this team or what they're trying to do. They're here, they're loud, you know, and then this team needs it, and I just say stick with them. Nothing has changed in my mind with this team. I mean, we have the ability to do what we want. We're just going to have to do it together. And the paint bounces left corner to Wilson. Back to Perkins on the wings. Gets it up there on the right wing. Two seconds left, and Cochran fouled her. Oh, they called the intentional foul. Oh, you got to be kidding me. With 2.3 seconds left, they called an intentional foul. gracious. Jeff Walls cannot believe it. They called Cochran for an intentional foul. She was trying to use the foul to give, and she signaled intentional foul. It's a god-awful call. It's absolutely terrible officiating. Uh, they should be embarrassed. But, but you know, I'll get my fine, I'm sure. I'll get a letter of reprimand. Uh, but at this point, somebody has to start holding the officials accountable. That call was the worst call I've seen in my 29 years of coaching. Wow, is all I could say about all of that. There's a lot of meat on the bone for all those things. Um, I started to say, let's start with the benign one, because the Super Bowl probably will elicit less emotional reaction in local community, unless you lost a lot of money somehow, if you had the 49ers or something, maybe. But um, but, uh, but speaking of which, that's another hole. It says what you can do a whole other thing on that. You don't have to kick the extra point in the, in overtime. And there were a bunch of people who got, what was the final score? What would it be? 25? What would it be? 25-22? 47? Yeah. Yeah. Early on, the number for, was 47 and a half. So if you'd had to kick the extra point, the overbetters would have won. They didn't have to kick it. So early on, the people who bet 47 and a half um, got it in the shorts. But anyway, I digress. There's a whole bunch of those. I was lucky enough the game went to overtime, just to tell you quickly. I wound up about eh, breaking even. I had two bets that uh, uh, lost and two bets that won. One that won was 
uh, um, Mahomes two touchdown passes and uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, six, 71 yards rushing. Neither of those would have happened without the overtime. <laughs> so, Oh, nice. Yeah, okay, they yeah. both came in because of the overtime. Anyway, but that's like, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is this the, the idea of, I believe that the greatest thing about sports, well, one of the greatest, not the greatest, one of the greatest things is if you've got a game where uh, a decision is not 100% clear cut. You know, I mean, make a stupid example. You throw a pass to a guy who's wide open in the end zone in the second quarter for a touchdown. Nobody's going to say, you know, he should, he should drop that. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously he should try and catch it. But decisions that are mm, debatable, and especially when they're kind of relatively new on the scene, make the game what it is. In basketball, foul or defend with a three-point lead. What do you do? And what, what's your what's your time frame? Five seconds, seven seconds, three seconds? What do you do? And, and how do you play that out? That still is debated. Still great. Well, in football now, with the overtime rule in the playoffs, what do you do? I, again, this is this is the first Super Bowl we've had this a, a rule come into a play. It's not the same rule as the regular season overtime. Regular season overtime, if San Francisco had gone down the field and made a touchdown, the game would have been over. But in overtime, it doesn't work that way. The, the, the guaranteed to get the ball... Um, is is uh, is um, the, the Chiefs? So you is that right? I, yeah, in regular season, if you score a touchdown, game's over. If you kick a field goal, the other team has to get the ball. Right, that's it. In regular season, in overtime, you're guaranteed to get the ball regardless of what they did. So if they made a touchdown, the Chiefs could have come back and got a touchdown, and the game keeps going. Now at that point, it becomes true sudden death, and that's why I think yeah, you want the ball first because if it winds up a third possession, and now you score with a field goal, and they got a kicker who can make it from sixty yards away, it's a big advantage. Unfortunately for them, they gave, they scored a field goal, gave up a touchdown, the game was over. But uh, but there are others that say, no, that's not the way it is, because the advantage to getting the ball second is you know what you need. Do you, do you need a field goal or a touchdown? If, you, if they, they score a touchdown, you need a touchdown. Every possession becomes four down territory. And that's an advantage. So maybe that's better. So I, I, I tend to, I, I don't second guess Shanahan on that. But the fact of the matter is it's a great decision because, I mean, it's a great element of the game because you can debate it either way. And just like the, at the end of games, defend or foul. You'll find people passionate about it either way. So I think that that's, that's one of the great things that sports has. Um, let me see if I can, can you find... Um, did you hear Stephen A? God bless him. Oh, by the way, I don't like coaches, players, you know, somehow disrespecting their coach. It's not my thing. You got to learn to keep your emotion under control. But you have been on a football sideline. I mean, you ever really been on a football sideline? It's not exactly like your local bridge club. And so I don't, I don't have that big a deal with Kelsey. I really don't because. Not because I, I like him and, and Swift. I mean, I'm obvious. I'm clearly not, I'm cl- clearly rooting for the two tight ends. But the the fact of the matter is, that's a play that you know I, I had the Chiefs. By the way, I picked the Chiefs. Not that it means anything to anybody, but I had the Chiefs, and so I'm rooting for them. And they get finally make a big play, and they get first down inside the red zone, and the guy fumbles it. 
I mean, I was pissed off. He was really pissed off, but he was doubly pissed off because I guess they take him out sometimes based on certain plays to have somebody else block. And I guess to, to you know, to, to pace him, uh, I assume. And I, I don't have a problem. Coaches should use all the players at their resources. But I think he was just pissed off, thinking somehow if I were in there, that wouldn't happen. Why are you taking me out in the red zone? I mean, so... I don't unless unless Reed really has a tremendous problem with it. I, I mean, he's he's a former football player. He knows that it's an emotional game, man. I don't think he went to hit him. He just so in his face that uh, he, he he bumped him. He almost knocked the play sheets out of his hand. Almost knocked that Waffle House uh, menu out of his hand. Um, so I, I don't I don't have as big a deal about that as Reed didn't some seem other too phasey. No, that's what I'm saying. Sort of like, right. Yeah, because. It's football, man. It's yeah. football. It's a football player on the sideline. He's pissed off. We're all pissed off. I mean, it was just, you know, and he didn't come up and hit him. Or he just was, he was screaming out, why are you taking me out? Yeah, the guy wants to play. You know, you just, you, that's a little over the top. Have you seen um, Stephen A's thing on, on, uh, Swift and, uh, and, uh, on uh, Swift and uh, Kelsey? I am not. See if I can find it for you because it's pretty. It's pretty good because it's it says to what I say basically. But that that's what makes it good. I mean, it's just that like I'm just like a caller when when somebody on the air says what you feel, you go yeah, and especially he does it in his inimitable way. Let me see if I can find it very quickly. It's not long. Uh, here we. This should be it. Uh, let me see if this is the one. Hang on. Let's see. It's on Good Morning America, I think. No, I don't think so. This is not the one because he's no, he's a little ruder in the other one, but it's pretty funny. Um, he's talking about he basically takes it out on the not takes it out on here it is right here here we go this is the one all right let's see if we can play this this is this is somewhere in Las Vegas and uh, let me see if I can come on play damn it. Stephen A. criticizes those against Kelsey and Swift. Get a life, is what he says. That's kind of how I feel. So, uh, why why will it not play, though, now? Here's the, here we go. All right, sorry, sorry it takes a I'm going to say this because nobody else would say this. When are people going to get a life? I mean, are y'all not getting none? I'm not talking about you. I'm just yeah, talking yeah. about the people out there. Absolutely. Y'all ain't getting none? Y'all ain't getting loose? Y'all don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? I mean, what the hell's going on? We are literally talking about, first, oh my God, he kissed her. Well, he flew to Germany to watch her perform. What do you think he did? Give her a kiss on the cheek? I mean, she comes to the game. She's in Buffalo. She's in Baltimore. She's at Arrowhead Stadium. You think she's flying there for her health? Because she loves the Kansas City weather? What the hell do you think she's coming for? What do you think they're doing? So it's like, it's their business. I'm happy for Travis Kelsey because he's a good brother. I'm happy for Taylor Swift because she's a phenomenal artist who's done a great job. But at some point in time, they both need to look at everybody and say, get a life. If not, kiss my ass. Because you do get to a point where it's like, it's ridiculous. What do you think they're doing? They're an idol. You understand? Yeah. If he asks her to marry her, fine. If he doesn't, he doesn't. What are we going to say? Uh, what are we going to do next? We going to pressure him to marry her? <laughs> we going to say, now that you want the Super Bowl championship, this girl that you just started dating months ago, you need to put a ring on it? Is that what we going to do? What are we going to do next? We got to grow up. 
and we got to get a life and leave people alone and live their lives unless we're really, really willing to let people in our bedrooms. Because I'm telling you right now, Travis Kelsey is much nicer than me. If it was me, I would tell everybody to kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just, I love, that is, I'm, it's exactly how That's I feel. Fantastic. It's spot on, man. What are you, what are you, nuts? I mean, I, it's just, it, it, we've lost our minds at what people say about this. It's just crazy. He's exactly right. I'm sorry. So I thought that was pretty good. That is pretty good. I mean, they won the Super Bowl. She's his girlfriend. He kissed her. I won a game in high school at Seaford High School against Valley Stream Central, and I kissed Darlene. I, what, what, was that Adam? Was that out of whack? I mean, was that nuts? And we were. I mean, so why people make such a deal about everything? It's just get a life. He's exactly right. Was it get a life or kiss my ass? Yeah, that's it. Take your choice, one or the other. All right. So we we, we played a game. And Uh-oh. We, we were drinking game about well, Taylor. No, we no. It was just we uh, we went to a party and they they had little trophies. It was awesome. We played uh, Super Bowl Bingo, which was fun. You know, you had to like for an interception. Yeah. Or they should like a truck commercial right. or you know Taylor Swift on the screen, whatever. But we also she I, should have been the free space because everybody I, got that. Well, I made it. I made a game. Um, I said, you know, we need to let's all take a guess at how many times she showed on the screen, and I won. I said twenty. But five of them happened as replays and as part of the end of the game because they kept showing um, like the Kelsey family. Like, and she was, uh, it wasn't even Taylor necessarily, necessarily, but she was in the background. So I hit it. So I got the best Swifty trophy. I was very pleased. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. So, but that said, she was shown 20 times throughout the entire broadcast. And a majority of them happened. You know, in the in the ceremony, like the trophy ceremony. Right. So during the actual game itself was maybe twelve, maybe twelve. And the game maybe lasted. And the game 12. lasted four hours. You know. Yeah. Right. So, so twelve hour broadcast. She was on the air for let's say each of those was four seconds. Four and seconds. that is generous. So, I don't so, think it so was even in, that long. In, in, what's what's four hours? It's two hundred and forty minutes. She was on for one minute total. Tops. Tops. But let's lose our minds. What would you think of the commercials, by the way? This year? They're, they're, never, they're not good anymore because everybody's afraid of offending somebody. That's why. Nobody wants to. The only way you'll get a good one is if you get a company that is just starting out and they, what the hell, let's, let's tee it high, let it fly. And if we piss people off, we piss people off. But at least they'll remember us. But you can't be funny anymore. Really funny. Because to be funny, I told you that when I did my one week of stand-up, which was exhilarating and excruciating all at the same time, the, they told me stories. Comics and others like to share stories. And, and I told you that story. The, the comic um, Sinbad, who was, you know, he's how long he burst, like, came on the scene like 40 years ago, I guess. When he first got started, Red Fox, who was, uh, I was going to say, was still alive at that time. That would make sense. It would be hard to talk to him if he was dead. Yeah, that'd but be he a story. Was, he, he said to him, he was he opened for Red Fox and he came backstage. He said, "Some kid, you're pretty funny." He said, eh, "Thanks." He said, "But I got to tell you, you got to make a decision. Do you want to be funny or do you want to be liked? Because they're not the same thing." And uh, and I said, "You know, he's right about that. You you can't go out there. I mean, you can if you want. If you're just going to be unlikable, you're not going to make it. But if your main concern is, hmm, is this going to piss somebody off, feelings, or right. you just, or is this funny? This is funny. Then you got to go with this is funny. And unless you're willing to do that, you're not going to be funny. And commercials aren't willing to do that anymore. The best ones, in my opinion, since we will not will exhaust the Super Bowl before we move on to the other things, which is a lot of meat on the bone for the other things. Good lord." The best ones to me, the, the the NFL Africa commercial actually made me tear up. I was amazed. That at was that. a good commercial. That, that was, was touching. Good. And that Mike DeCourcy tweeted that. I said, "Am I the only one who got?" 
teared up over that, and I was like, nope, I was too. I thought it was fantastic. Started, um, and it started off kind of funny too. Like, who is it, Saquon Barkley or whatever? Well, like, the guys, kid, I'm not even here. I'm not like, even real. Yeah, that was kind of yeah, that was kind of good. Then the the one with all of the celebrities with cameos, the Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon oh, I forgot and Tom about Brady. Dunkin'. That was legitimately kind of funny. The Dunkin' Donuts one was that was pretty that funny. Was funny. And Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon's like, remember when I said I would do anything? For you? <laughs> this, this is that anything this counts as anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why it was pretty good. I thought that was good. And the other one I liked, which I thought was very clever, was Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, like a good neighbor. That's solid. What, it, Arnold, cut. It's like a good neighbor. That's what I said. Like a good neighbor. Like a good neighbor. Like a good neighbor. Well, somebody has to get us out of this chopper. This woman is in labor. And, and then they said, and then the last scene, which is great. It's a great punchline because they said, right, we read it in the script like now. And he takes her out of the building and she says, thank you. You're here. And Danny DeVito stands up and says, like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. And then they cut to them watching it from the theater. And he turns to him and he says, you're a backstabber. He says, backstabber. <laughs> that was good. That was a that good, was good. That one line. was good. That was good. The, uh, uh, the, the, the Paramount one was great, I think. Where the, the, the guy from Star Trek throws yeah, the cartoon guy into the yeah, side of the building? Yeah. That was pretty good, Sir too. Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. A knighted man. Fired. In, 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 in a leather football helmet. I mean, he was he was willing to play the clown there. It was pretty good. Uh, too, it's like, I'm not throwing the child. That was that was pretty so good. I'll do it. I, I love Drew Barrymore and Creed's here. That's, that's They start playing, can you take me? No, that was good. But this leads me to my, to my next point. Okay. There's something about, and, and depending on the atmosphere you're in, if you're watching at a sports bar, for instance, that's where Rummage was hosting a watch party at the Middletown B-Dubs. Fantastic event. Nice. But it's tough I mean, he's to... he's hosting. Was he, 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 uh, no, he was like emceeing the thing. He didn't pay for it. What? He didn't host it. He emceed it. Emceed it. Well, yeah. Well, yeah you I mean, host it. You're like, yeah, how much uh, of that? It's $4,000. Great. And how much beer did they do? Oh, wow. Okay. No, I don't think he did that, did he? No, no, t- no Not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. Emceed. My man, okay. my man him and yeah, Maven emceed. Yeah, that's a little better. Yeah, well, I mean, drop it. I, I would not want to... Sponsor a Super Bowl party. That's what I'm saying. This, I, yeah, I was be... my eyebrows raised up to like Captain. You know, Captain Crunch's eyebrows are actually on his hat. Really? Yeah. Go look that up. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. But um, if you're watching it at a sports bar, great environment. But it's kind. It kind of. It's you know a little tough to watch the commercials. If you're at a Super right. Bowl party, people like shut I up. Was, for the it was yeah, but still, people were going in and out and chatting and having. So it's a little tough to follow along. Um, but. There's something about organically seeing the commercial during the Super Bowl. It gives it a thing of, you know, a little je ne sais quoi. Like some, okay. there's a little bit of special to it. The new thing is get a sneak peek at our Super Bowl commercial now. So I everybody saw, has seen all these before? A the lot of game? them. A lot of the people have seen the movie yeah. trailers already. I fan saw fan. the Paramount thing. Phil showed it to me last week, and it was hilarious. It's a great commercial, but it takes a little bit of the juice away when I've seen it before. True. And I'm kind of sad about that. Like, I, there, there, there used to be, the commercials used to be sacred, and now they've gotten less funny, and they're getting like like sneak peeks of them before the before the game itself. It's kind of yeah. It's weird. It, it, it takes, it's it takes like away anything from else. It. Well, because like anything else, money rules the roost, and so they're paying all this money. They want to be seen first, and so let's get ours out there. And I guess I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't want to talk outside out of my realm of knowledge. Some someone might say we well, don't have one, but but I mean maybe they do it as a partial um, focus group test. 
they show, and if all of a sudden they're getting feedback from all these people, your commercial sucks, and it's terrible. I'm like, oh, whoa, maybe we might want to. Now, now maybe, gonna, I don't know. That I'm going to Johnny Two Sides it, a whoa. skosh. I don't mind it when they make it like a preview. Like, like I saw a still ad for, um, who, uh, what was it, State Farm? for, And it was like, make sure to see our, our Super Bowl uh, commercial with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, that I'm okay with because, like, then you can be like, oh, here's that spot that they talked about. But when they're just straight up playing the commercial right. beforehand, right. that's when it's like it loses a little bit of its luster, to me at least. Yeah, no, I agree. And it was a shame because that Paramount commercial was probably top five, in my opinion. Well, it was pretty good. It was a great commercial. It was pretty good. My I, favorite I would one put that in the five. was the Kawasaki one. I don't even remember that. Well, they're driving around and everyone starts getting mullets. That one was kind of. I don't weird. even remember that one. That one was fun. Maybe maybe I stepped away from that. But I will want to say this: he probably not listening. But if he were, he'd get a kick out of this. We watched at home. The only thing we had as our Super Bowl treat, you can uh, was uh, you can tell a, a Billy Rappaport. Pigs in the blanket. You had pigs, I in, made the pigs in the blanket. Nice, with nice. the spicy yellow mustard nice. and a Coke Zero. Did you see that he did too? He like, did. Yeah, he sent me a photo. He's like, I'm starving. He's like, I can't wait. Oh, he man. had the Golden's mustard and the. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had a had a go get the cocktail weenies and I got the uh, the popping fresh. Uh, Little triangles and you wrap them up and it's it's fantastic. the le- it's fantastically easy to make and so good, so that was good. Who came so. closest? Did did uh, Representative McGarvey win? I don't have a clue. What are you talking about? I didn't, oh, do all the scores? Oh, I wrote them down somewhere. They're not with, with me though. They aren't a book. You're right, but uh, I'll have to check them. I, I think he did, but I'm not sure. What's interesting is how close people came. Almost everybody had the winning score between 24 and 27, which they wouldn't have had, obviously, unless the game went to overtime. But if if and butts were candy and nuts, the frog wouldn't whoop his ass every time he jumped. So, uh, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's I haven't heard that. Yeah, that's so, pretty good. Yeah, so uh, the fact of the matter is it did wind up right in there. So that was very good. So very, very... You know, it was not a particularly... And it's not fair because I, I feel bad for defensive players because the defensive coordinators did some job of taking away the strength of the other teams they really did and you do appreciate when the lay person can can appreciate the um the uh, uh ability of the head coach to make a difference in the game and uh, because they have seen every play the other team has run for the course of the year 50 times and one of the things and tony romo told you about it throughout the game was Andy Reid has wrinkles and he saves them. He may not even get to them, but he has them. And he sure enough, they scored two touchdowns off plays that were little wrinkles that they hadn't seen before. The one right off the fumble on the punt and they diagrammed where that was different. They used Kelsey basically as a decoy for that. And then the other one was the play at the end of the game. And, and, and that's what makes a difference in games like this. It's so close. Little, little coaching things can make a hell of a difference. But the defensive coordinators did some job. But when they do, it's kind of a dull game, quite honestly. It is, uh, it is kind of a, a, you know, boring because offense is what entertains people. And it's a shame that that should be the case because it really was a quality game, though, despite that, in terms of the, 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 the battle that was going on. But it was not a lot of the high-flying, you know, the, the fireworks you, you normally would associate with such talented players. By the way, Brock Purdy really is a player. How the hell did he wind up the last guy drafted? What the hell did people miss about him? He's really good. I mean, and and but and I'll say this, and it's, it'll probably be a relatively unpopular decision, but I'm going to make it anyway. A, a, a assertion: a- analysts' jobs are very difficult. I don't care what anybody says. Until you try and do it, it's not easy to do. 
especially for a national game. For a local game, it's, it's much simpler because 99% of the people listening are rooting for the team for whom you're broadcasting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to be rude here, but I'm going to tell the truth. When I first started doing the Louisville games, I started preparing like I was when I prepare for the network games, which is a lot of stuff on both teams. And as I did a handful, I started to get feedback. Why are you talking so much about the other team? And I was like, well, okay, I thought that was my job. And they're like, no, we don't give a rat's ass that that kid's, you know, one of ten children and his uncle was, you know, his, was the prime minister of Latvia or something. Okay, so I stopped doing that. And it makes it a lot simpler, to be honest with you. Uh, when you do the national game, you got to research both teams. And by and large, you got to make sure you try to be even-handed with both teams. So it's not that easy. And then you got a lot of moving parts. TV especially is much harder than radio. You got a lot way more moving parts. And so I, I, I always feel for the analysts who you see almost without exception elicit ridiculous emotional responses. From Chris, both teams. Chris Collinsworth, Tony Romo, they all do. Romo, though, yesterday, I mean, Brian Williams, who I know a little bit, he works for uh, the Golf Channel. Just ripped him to shreds. And my friend Joe D'Ambrogio jumped on board with him. Said he, really? Oh, yeah. Romo just suffocating the game. He said, why do you look like you're going somewhere? Oh, issues. All right, issues. Uh, he said he's just suffocating the game. And just, you know, and, and the last possession. And, and to some degree, I, I get what he's saying. I know that was that's a battle when you try and do a lot of preparation. Uh, I used to get that from my producer, you know, take a breath, because you, you just you have to let the game breathe. That's the term they use. And that's a good point. And uh, and so maybe he does go on a little too much. But I know I think I can speak to why that is when he sees a play set up. If you're a quarterback in the NFL, he's seeing what the quarterback is seeing. And to the layperson, we don't see all that stuff. We may see, if we're lucky, half of it. And all of those things gives you an idea how difficult it is actually to play quarterback in the NFL, though. Because when you come to the line, they're doing what he's doing in the booth, and they have only a few seconds to do it. And sometimes you got to make adjustments. You, you, very often, you got to make adjustments. You got to make. Uh, you got to change your blocking scheme at the line. You got to change. You have to change the play at the line. And they have. That's why they have all those crazy shorthand that they use. Of course, I mean, you know, you know that. And, and anybody when they come up, he doesn't say, "Okay, I'm looking now," and I see that guy is is. Oh, so it's clearly a man. Man to man, he can't do it. Romo can't just say what they would say at the line. You know, whatever terms they use, uh, uh, they, they, you know, for 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 a, a, an, an audible, he can't just call a, a number or a color or whatever, and and everybody knows what you're talking about. So he's trying to tell you, here's what I see, here's why I see it, and here's what they should do, and it's a lot of stuff. And so he's going, he's going, he's going to million about million miles an hour. And when you try and talk too fast. It does come across as you're suffocating the game. But he has all that stuff trying to come out of his head. And um, and that's why I think, you know, it sometimes sounds like he's suffocating the game. But I appreciate him trying to because I, I don't always – he's got so much stuff he's trying to get across that sometimes it is too much. And I, I, I'm not sure what the hell he said right there. But uh, sometimes you get the gist of it and you see, okay, circle this guy, circle – and especially on the replays. And maybe that's what he should focus on. But the problem with that is what made him so popular 
popular is when he first came on the scene, he was telling you, here's what they're going to run, here's why they're going to run it. And people are like, how the hell do you know that? But that's what quarterbacking in the league is and preparation and film work and all that stuff. It's it's uh, it's not rocket science. It's not. And you hear, you know, I'll never forget who, which quarterback it was. Oh, it was Ben Roethlisberger. You know, you hear all these things and you see all this preparation stuff that they do and you got, you know, the film work and everything else. And they won a game and they asked him, what were you trying to do in that last play? And he said, I just threw it up there and let, let the guy go try and make a play. <laughs> I mean, that's, and you say, okay, after all of that, that's, and that's what you do, though. Ultimately, players make plays. And so there is that element as well. Yeah, so it's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, it is very very interesting. But I don't I don't come down on him nearly as hard as uh, some of the other people have. Uh, there's that. Oh, let's see some text here. Let's see. Uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, by the way, for what it's worth, I did not watch it, but I watched three Twitter slash X posts about it, and I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, the Nickelodeon did the game for the first time, and they had a lot of their characters talking about it. And uh, it was pretty funny, I thought. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't see any of it, except some of the stuff I saw online. Well, like they had Squidward Dora. waiting in the bat. Like, for they the had Dora. There was a penalty, and they, they show the referee, and then Dora comes on, and they'd say, what is that, Dora? That is um, um, illegal motion. What it means is someone on the team with the ball moved before... The ball was snapped. You can't do that. You have to wait till the ball to be snapped. So what? Where are we going? And the guy yells five yards back. And then they go five yards right. And so they went back. But like all good children's shows, like Toy Story, the movies, and everything, there's adult comedy in there. And did you hear the one? The guy who's playing the part of the announcer. I don't know. Forgive me for not knowing all the characters. But they must, they had the real people doing the voices. I guess if not, they were great impersonators, voice impersonators, because the game early on had so many punts. They said to uh, uh, SpongeBob and and uh, Patrick. Patrick, do you know where Iowa is? Oh, I don't know. It sounds exotic or something. And he says, well, that's a place where, where they, when they play football, they say punting is winning. Now, that was funny. <laughs> he's, a good line. he's taking a dig at, you know, the Iowa plays games 9-7, you know, 12-10. Right. So punting is winning. And that was pretty funny. And I was like, and that, that was definitely for adults. That was not for the children. That's for sure. And it's said that... Um, <laughs> At one point, because, you know, Dora's always going on adventures. Right. She has the map. Right. She said, maybe the players need a map to the end zone. <laughs> See, that's, like, that's I mean. a good line. That's funny. Yeah, that was that's what I mean. So they had some. That's clever. Very clever. Uh, the NFL's got a lot of reasons to, to be criticized. But uh, the uh, they get a lot of stuff right, and uh, you know what? What it comes down to, one thing that you could criticize them for is that fans can't go to the game anymore. You really can't. You can't get in. It's impossible to get in. I mean, when the average ticket price is ten thousand dollars, maybe for you you can get in, but I'm not getting in. But you know what? They really look at it now. They look at it as. And I, it's amazing that class I taught all those years ago. How that guy who wrote the textbook was right. He said sports are going to evolve into. Basically, exercises for a smaller studio audience, but the real audience is going to be those who are going to be watching on television. And he's right on two fronts. If you look after, if you go back to when I was a kid, 
all the arenas got bigger and bigger and bigger because they had to try and get as many people in as they could to get. That's where they got their money. Now you look and you see stadiums are built that are much smaller. I mean, uh, uh, um, Great American Ballpark seats less than Riverfront Stadium used to, where, this, where, this, where the, where the uh, uh, Pirates play. Seats way less than Three River Stadium. Yankee Stadium is capacity is much less. City Field is much less because they are not as concerned about just getting bodies in the door. It's get premium tickets sold and then make your money off the TV. Now, Super Bowl still has a large capacity. There were 70,000 people there, but that's not really where the servicing the fans. They are expecting it to become what it has, which is everybody has an event watching it at home. That's to the, that's a stroke of genius on that point, that they have created it to the point where that's how everybody looks at it. I mean, you wouldn't even think about going to the game. You just, where are we having the party this year? Whose house? What are we doing? What are we cooking? What are we eating? What are we drinking? That is, and that's exactly what this guy wrote in this textbook 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I was pretty astute of who this guy was. That's impressive. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, so the Chiefs win. They are by most professional standards. Yes, the dynasty. Three Super Bowls, five years. They went back-to-back. First time that's happened in a million years. Harlan's call was really good, by the way. We didn't play his. We played the Chiefs' call, but yeah. Kevin's was really good. Um, so very, very... See if I can, I can find that. Very, very exciting. I haven't found any fun foreign ones yet, either. A very exciting end of the game. It was not a tremendously exciting game. It was a, a tense game because it was very close, but it was. it's kind of like when, when basketball would have those games like Bill has said, and he was so right, before they loosened things up a little bit, and all the games were winding up, you know, they loosened things up and allowed freedom of movement you know guys were getting held and armed barred and and the games were you know 58 52 and and they would be 39 minutes of just bludgeoning each other and it was awful basketball but then the last plays came down guy hit a two and the other guy came down hit three and you went oh my god what a game he's like it wasn't what a game it was what a one minute it was what a minute and uh and that's what a little bit a little bit about what the super bowl was uh, yesterday you do wonder though sometimes by the way please i'm somebody out there listening is in this group and i will tell you respectfully i love you try and be you know try and be a good christian you love you love all, love all, and so. But if you believe this, you are um, you're just an unfortunate lunkhead. <laughs> there are people. If you look on X, yeah, this, you do wonder is civilization. These are the things that make me wonder: civilizations falling apart. Oh, it's fixed. The game is fixed. There's no question it was a fix. The fix was in. Probably somebody who had the Chiefs, on the, bet their mortgage on the Chiefs, I mean on the 49ers, and now they lost and now they're mad. So they're convinced that the thing was set up. It was it was orchestrated. That the end, whenever a result turns out, somebody was like, the NBA's had that for years. Now now football's getting it. And, and as always, I always ask, would you walk me through how this happened? There are 47 guys on two different teams 30 staff members on two different teams, television networks, more media scrutiny than there is probably even for presidential press conferences. And somehow they've managed to rig this and nobody knows about it. Really? That's what you think's going on? You're, you just, you're really, then I have no choice but to say you're, a, you're an idiot. I mean, you are. That's just, that's a definition of idiocy is to look at something that can't possibly be possible it's it's impossibly impossible and then just ascertain this fact oh no question yeah but i do think that i don't know you know is there a great god of sport he smiles on some athletes for some reason 
Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Derek Jeter's last hit as a major leaguer is a walk-off hit against the Red Sox. His 3,000th hit is a home run. Patrick Mahomes gets down 10 points in all these games and then comes back and wins and wins this one in overtime with a touchdown pass. I mean, why do they have careers that evolve the way they evolve? I don't. I don't know. Kobe's last game, he has 60. Yeah, I mean, even even little things like this, like I'm watching today. You, you may have seen this picture. It wasn't that famous, but it, it might have been out there. Joe Montana, who's one famous there, smiled right? on. The, the narrative that, that surrounds these people, and it's not because of, uh, you know, uh, propaganda. It's because it just, I, the fates just smile on them. He was, he, he had... He's playing for Bill Walsh, who was a brilliant coach. And there's a picture of him kneeling down, and Bill Walsh is crouched down with him. And the narrative is all oh, the brilliance of this. This narrative went on for years. That look at the brilliance of the two of them in the biggest game that they're playing. They're drawing plays in the dirt. Just that's unbelievable. How awesome is that? How awesome can these two guys be that they're drawing plays up in and the grass. And it's a still picture. You can see it. It's, it's not hard to find on the internet. You, it's Bill Walsh is crouched. Joe Montana's on a knee. And they both have their hands on the ground. And you say, my God, they're drawing a, they're drawing a, a, uh, a, um, a play like you go down behind the, the Chevy and make a left. And, and, uh, and, and then, you know, and, and, people, and that adds to their legacy. There are things that I'm happen. I'm looking at the photo right now. It's this one, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, uh, let's see if I can find this for you. Um, because he was just on during Super Bowl week. This is the uh, well, they, they, a lot of it is about him talking about Brock Purdy because he's a former quarterback. But uh, let me see if I can find it. It's not very long, but it's a very entertaining story. He tells and it's really it's 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 uh, it's really uplifting in a way. Uh, I can't seem to find it. This is this it? Maybe this is it. Let's see. Let me see here. It, it, the, but the I don't want to ruin it. I want him to tell it. But if you can, I'll narrate. I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it. So let's go see if we can find. Yeah, here it is. You throwing up a play in the dirt, I guess, with Bill Walsh, where you took a knee. I mean, uh, what, what is the genesis of that, oh, that photograph? It looks like we're doing that, but I, I came to the sideline and whatever game it was, I was exhausted. And so I just like took a knee and I just said, oh, oh, oh give me a second, coach, and I'll, I'll stand back up. He goes, no, 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 just stay there. I'll come down there. And so we basically talked about what we were talking about, and he was just we were just playing in, in the grass, and he was just t- talking about what we were going to do when I went back out after. So you were taking a knee wow. to take yeah, a break. take a break, yeah. And he's just like, don't worry, I'll meat you I'll down. I'll come down there, there yeah. Because, yeah. you know, everybody thinks that you're drawing up a play in the dirt like it's a backyard. <laughs> you know that, you know, right? I, I wouldn't have put it past him, but um, we – I think we had enough plays in our playbook, but uh, you know, he was. That was just the way he was. You know, he he was he was always conscious of how you are, how you feel, and uh, you know, he would even do things to make you laugh sometimes. Like the first time I threw a touchdown, I mean, an interception in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I used to go from the from the field straight to him, and then and not like he yelled at me, but I knew I was in trouble. When I got over there and he was doing this, tapping right, his shoulder, with this little pat on his, <laughs> and he was looking at me, and I walked over there, and he looked me dead in the eye and said, "What was that?" 
because it was probably a pretty bad throw. And I said, um, I think they call that an interception, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> and, he said, and he said to me, well, hey, try not to let that happen again, would you? I go, I'll do my best. I <laughs> but, I mean, but th- that's perfect, though, that, you know, for years they assumed that the brilliance of these guys were drawing plays in the dirt. He was just tired. But, you know, it's uh, it's so funny how um, fate seems to smile on some of them. Mahomes, man, fate has smiled on this guy. So uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, so there's that. Um, where where does he rank currently? I don't know. That's and that's fun. I, I'm not, when I shut my, roll my eyes, it's not because uh, it's fun. That's the fun of sports. Uh, um, he's, he's certainly on, you know, for me, I, I try and find that little barrel and I put – who I think are the all-time greats in the barrel. And then later on, I'll try and get together and sort it out and say, okay, he's one, he's two, he's three. Right. He's played himself into the barrel. I mean, I, 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 he's played himself into the barrel. The guy, you can't – for every reason that you would put a guy, quote, in the barrel, he does. He's got unbelievable physical skills. The guy throws passes like a, like a relief pitcher. He's coming sidearm, three-quarters, yeah, right. overhand, no underhand. Yeah. Two-hand chest passes. He th- routinely throws two-hand chest passes. Um, he is a good runner. He, I, of, of, you know, as a guy who talks about this all the time in basketball, the guys that drive me nuts are the guys that don't understand the anatomy of the game, meaning what's a good play here is not a good play there. Exactly. What are you talking about? It's the same. No, it's not the same situation. Given the time and score and everything else, this is what you should do. This is not a time to do it then. This, we'll talk about that when we get to Louisville basketball in a minute. But, you know, he has an incredible, incredible feeling for the anatomy of the game. When to take a chance, when to run the ball, when to not, when to throw it out of bounds. And because of that, he gives his team the ultimate, ultimately the biggest chances to win. And he does it in the biggest games. So, um, And he's got, you know, I don't think that just winning the Super Bowl is the be-all and end-all. I mean, Jim Kelly is one of the all-time great quarterbacks in history, and he won the AFC Championship four times. That's no mean feat, but he never won the Super Bowl, so people want to write him off. Fran Tarkenton is one of the great quarterbacks of all time. I mean, he did not win the Super Bowl with the Vikings. He didn't get to the Super Bowl with the Giants. Um, uh, Jeff Hostetler won a Super Bowl. Is he a better quarterback than Fran Tarkenton or, or, or Jim Kelly? No, so I don't, you know. It's silly to to just base it on that. But when you can win those championships and when you're instrumental in winning those championships, yeah, it becomes part of the discussion. So he's in that discussion. He definitely is in that discussion. Uh, who else would be on that list? I don't know. It'd be fun to to try and look at it. How many are you gonna? How many fit in the barrel? Four, six, five, ten. I say you're doing Mount Rushmore. Is you doing top ten? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. That's when you do four, man. I don't care what you're doing. You're making your life very difficult. Oh yeah. That. Whoever came up with the Mount Rushmore like discussion it's point, just a sadist. Well, yeah, but they they knew exactly what they were doing because for some reason it gets quantifiably more difficult going from five to four. I've gone five. I, my general rule is five. Top five. I, I like five. Yeah, but yeah. when you do that, but that but fourth that, one the, is no, the, so hard. Well, even the fifth one. I mean, you, you know, I don't care. It's the NCAA tournament. 64. Yeah, that, right. poor, that poor bastard is always sitting on the edge of his seat because they don't know whether they're getting in or not. So right. um, it's tough. All right. We got other things to get to. Um, and uh, we, I want to talk about this Jeff Walls thing and certainly U of L men's basketball and the waste management open, which I want to spend a minute on because it is an indication of what I have said for a long, long time. And it's, it, you know, 
it's why I live my life on the yellow line. People are like, take a side, damn it, pick a side. No, you know, I try to stay on the yellow line. Because when you go too far to one side or too far to the other, you create problems. And that tournament is walking proof. We'll talk about that as well uh, as we roll on uh, on this Monday. What a sports radio day on ESPN 680 1057.